this week on More Than Just a Trophy Wife. Sometimes, you know, we just ask for too little, actually. We're like, well, we just want to be able to pay the mortgage or the rent or go on that holiday or, you know, get a little bit of a promotion or make a, you know, a a next little increment of money in in our business. And I find that particularly when it does come to money, women aren't audacious enough. Hey, it's Isabella Levy, business mentor, speaker, and the host of More Than Just a Trophy Wife, a podcast where we talk all things reality, riches, and relationships. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this podcast. I first of all just want to say thank you so much for all the amazing support you've already given me on this podcast journey. I love reading every single one of your reviews, your direct messages just continue to inspire me. So please do keep them coming. So in return, I am bringing you a real special treat today because I am interviewing my very own mentor, Gina DeVee. Gina is a self-made multimillionaire entrepreneur. She is an accomplished speaker, a podcast host, a business coach, and she has dedicated her career to helping women really connect spiritually from that place, start their businesses and create wealth from a feminine perspective, which is what we all need so much more of. So I'm so excited to dive into all this amazingness today. Gina, thank you so much for being Oh, Bella, it's such a joy and an honor to be here with all of your people and listeners. So let's do this. First things first, I just need to congratulate you on your brand new book, The Audacity to be Queen. Guys, it's on pre-order now. How does that feel? Yes, it's so good. It is. It's such an honor and a delight. So and it's a real testament to being committed to your dreams. You know, um, our dreams don't always happen when we think they should happen or when we want them to happen. I mm-hmm. uh, moved from Michigan to California in 2004 to quote unquote, write my book. And I was really clear that at that time I was ready to write my book. And what I didn't know was that for the book to be the book that it is, I had to go through my own journey And anyways, it's a very celebratory time now that um, (laughs) quite a few years later, and I'm not saying this has to take this long for you. I'm just saying that you, if you do not give up on your dreams, they will happen in the timing that is right. I could not be more proud or thrilled that my first book is coming out. You know, the audacity to be queen. It's like such the era of women empowering themselves and giving themselves permission. And so it's like the book, timeliness had to wait Mm -hmm. until 2020. So it's really great. Um, Here in the United States, we just got word that a thousand Target stores have picked it up. So, you know, if you feel like you're lagging behind with your dreams or you're not keeping up with everyone, like, you know, the universe knows how to like quantum leap your success. So you just stay true to what you're working on. You never seem to surprise me. And I just heard that I have been sent one of your early copies too. So I woke up this morning to that and I was like, yes. So I love all of that. So something that I have learned from you on the topic of going after your dreams is just from observing you in order to do big, you've really got to dream big. Yeah. However, I've seen that women can do a lot of amazing things and they can get to a certain level, but they still don't live out their dreams and desires. And I see 
from your coaching, your mentoring, from your other clients, from looking at you and viewing you as my mentor as well, I saw this big gap between the doing big and actually living out the big dream. Mm-hmm. And the gap for me was really granting myself permission to go after my desires, to buy what I wanted, to do what I wanted, to, to have what I wanted. So why is it so difficult for women to actually grant themselves permission? Great question. So I think women in general are big dreamers. You know, we were big dreamers when we were little girls and we wanted to, whatever our dream was, it was, it was big. It was fabulous. And Mm -hmm. so we were great at being big dreamers. Sadly, society has also trained us, particularly women, to be great at creating big excuses. And when you believe in your excuses more than your dreams, that's where the gap is between the women who are actually manifesting their really big lives and the women that are just talking about it or hoping that one day it will happen. The part where you spoke about you're either committed to your excuses or your dream, it like just hit me. I feel like every woman needs to understand that. Yes, yes. It's like, you know, uh, people, um, you know, women are really good salespeople, by the way, right? We're like, we're really mm-hmm. good at selling our friends, our clients, our social media following about like how tough something is or how awful someone is or what, a you know, or, or, or how great something is, right? Like if we love, mm-hmm. a movie, we're like, all of our friends are seeing that movie. If we like a book, all of our friends are reading that book. And yet we can go into like, well, my business isn't going to work out or it's really hard or I've done everything or my team or there just isn't the money right now. Like all of the, everything I just said for Mm -hmm. any wise woman, any evolved woman, any developed woman knows it's just an excuse. So it'd be like a two-year-old coming to you and saying like, I can't go to school today because my stomach hurts. And, uh, or two years don't go to school. Clearly I'm not a biological mother, but, um, whatever, like, you know, a seven year old says, I can't go to school. Then my stomach hurts. And you know, the stomach doesn't hurt. You know that it's an excuse. And Mm -hmm. that's the way I have attuned my ear for my own excuses. Cause I'm conditioned to, to a certain degree. And I've gotten myself out of a lot of that. Um, Mm -hmm. people do not have the power to sell me on their excuse stories any longer, uh, because I don't believe them. It's so true. I remember standing in an event with you and I stood up and I was like, I really want to move forward with something. And I just caught and you were like, right, so what is it then? And I was like, I know this sounds so stupid, but I just want to buy these YSL shoes and my business class plane ticket. And you were like, okay, and why are you not doing it? And I was like, well, you know, any someone else could use the money, blah, blah, blah. And you were like, no, they won't. You're not going to give anyone else the money. Like you are going to spend that on yourself either way. So, you know, what is really going, going on there? And mm-hmm. when you spoke about the conditioning, the conditioning was like, I literally didn't want to spend my money on that because I didn't want other people to see that I was spending my money on that because I maybe should have been spending it somewhere else in their eyes, right? So yep. it was just always something that's so big that I go back to every time I want to make a decision on something, an excuse comes up. I'm like, okay, what's really going on here? Is this just an excuse for something or are you going to make a decision to move forward? And when moving forward, of course, 
the opinions from other people are going to be there. And it's like you always shared with me, you have to step into playing a different game. Mm-hmm. And what I found in like my social circle, in my family, the different game comes with different rules and it can be quite a shock like one person is still playing connect four when i'm all over here playing monopoly and there's a different way to play each game bella so you're you've over all- parachuting over like the bay of san tropez what do you mean you're playing monopoly <laughs> <laughs> i meant that i meant there's different ways that there's rules yeah. behind different things and You've always shared with me, like, you can go after, you can go after um, what you desire and then you are going to be changing your rules. And then it's important for you to teach others your new rules as well. Yeah. So from what you've seen with women start going after the desires and start stepping up and stepping in their power and stepping in their truth, mm-hmm. why, from, why from your perspective is it so important to share your new boundaries and share your new rules if you'd like to say it sure well and i do just want to circle back actually the thing that you brought up about you know feeling kind of squeamish about Mm. uh what you what was actually your truth and what you wanted to spend money on i've got a whole chapter on it in the book and it's called the secret shopper so uh and so that's that's coming uh um to you can see why she's my mentor right people (laughs) (laughs) so to answer the question Let me just tap in here for a moment. Now, why is it important to communicate your rules? It probably actually isn't unless you're wobbling with your own boundaries or you're concerned about other people's judgment and criticism. Mm. I don't really need, like in the areas, I'm not like a Jedi master in this, but in the areas that I am evolved, I don't need to talk about it. My boundaries are my boundaries. My rules are my rules. I don't need to give a big explanation because it just is. Then there's other areas where I might be growing and stretching and it might be a little bit like, oh, what are people going to say or think? And then that's where I would need to set up something more formal. So that, mm. that's for within a woman. Now, in terms of relationships, that's when I think the communication is really important when you're changing the rules. And the relationship can be with, because um, I know you have many entrepreneurs here listening, the relationship could be with your clients, it could be with your team members, or it could be in a personal way, like uh, the relationship could be with your lover or your children or uh, your family. So, for example, <clears throat> if you've made yourself available to your clients in particular ways. And that's no longer feeling good to you. Maybe you're like sitting there on Facebook and you're getting DMs and or uh, private messages on Facebook and DMs on Instagram and, you know, like in, in, in emails and texts. And, and when you're starting your business, you were just so excited to get any response. You were just so available to be available. And then as you move along the journey and the path and you start to get some success, you're like, this is not the highest and best use of my time. It's annoying. And I don't want to do it anymore. Well, mm-hmm. you're changing the game rules on these clients. They're just doing what you said was okay in the first place because you train people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. So I, in that case, am a big fan of being really transparent and saying, you know, hey, client, I know I've set this up to have communication in these different formats. 
And as I'm learning and evolving, I think that I'm going to be able to serve you best if we are communicating on this platform and in this way, and I want to adjust the expectations. Uh, you know, and so that's when saying your new rules out loud is only what's fair because you are the one changing the rules. And you always say that it's not what you say, it's just always how you say it. And even that, it's just so powerful. And it's like when you go in with a different energy, people are sensing that energy and that's when it gets icky. Like that for what you said was so was so juicy, you know, people could just go and take that straight away and to go and implement that. There was, and by the way, I'm sharing with you behind the scenes of stuff because I think it would be really interesting. But 18 months ago, um, I came to Gina, I was like, Gina, you know, I just don't feel like I can cook, but I don't really want to cook, but I feel like I should cook because Kenji wants me to cook. She was like, okay, have you thought about hiring a chef? And I was like, number one, I was thinking, if I hire a chef, what is the rest of the world going to think about me? And number two, I was like, I don't think that Kenji's going to accept that. So we had a little laugh about it, but on a level, there was so much truth around it. And the first time I said it to to Kenji, he was like, what are you talking about? You're going to get a chef. Like, we just go out for dinner. He'll bring it home. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's not the point. Like, I don't want to just continue to go out for dinner. I want, I want it made for me. I want it there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it still wasn't really getting around to it. And then just like you said, you make a decision and then it's not really about communicating anymore. It's just about putting it in place. Mm-hmm. And now like my housekeeper comes three times a week. Kenji couldn't do without her. And it's just really about stepping into your new normal and other people rising with you on that. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. It's really, you know, it's taking that stand for the end, rather than focusing on all the reasons why it can't happen or shouldn't happen according to other people. Start focusing on how can it happen? How can you make the money? How can you create your desires? How can you create greater ease? And the question that I like to ask is, how good are you willing to let life get? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to let life get so good, of course, that takes bringing in good money as well. And not just good money, amazing money. Yeah. And, you know, we know that thoughts become things on a surface level. We know that access to money is there. It is available to everyone, but it doesn't really seem to be everyone's reality. And the reality I've seen is more like, okay, everyone can cover their bills and maybe do afford a few luxuries as well. But what can women really start to do in order to play at a bigger level and actually have the money in order to have that freedom and bring in the desires that they really want to go after? Yes. So I would say really investigate your dreams and your belief systems around them. You know, so many modern day women, we're busy. We're like going through the motions and especially for the moms out there, if you've got kids and you've got, you know, a partner and you've got career responsibilities and you're working out and taking care of your body and taking care of your home and have some sort of, there's a lot of fullness really for modern day women. And in some ways it can be high level problems. Um, But in other ways, you know, we can start settling for a level of, even though by world standards, we're living a really great life in terms of our spiritual destiny and our human potential, it could be very mediocre. Mm -hmm. And it's really important 
for us to evaluate, we've got this one precious life. What are we doing with it? And what are we going to be proud of? And if anything were possible, how would we be behaving? What decisions would we be making? And what would we be creating, manifesting? And how would we be contributing? And that's when I find that our thinking actually can get quite small because we're sometimes, you know, we just ask for too little, actually. We're like, well, we just want to be able to pay the mortgage or the rent or go on that holiday or, you know, get a little bit of a promotion or make a, you know, a a next little increment of money in our, in our business. And I find that particularly when it does come to money, women aren't audacious enough. Um, we can still tend to be psychologically little girls around money. And it's, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you have access to the internet, you have access to technology, you have access to this level of wealth consciousness and really getting, it's not about making the most money. I don't believe that she who makes the most money, the fastest wins. And it's not just about big money, but it is about your big dreams. And so for us women to really be evaluated, in what way are we actually settling? You know, and you just think Mm -hmm. about like, what have you just gotten used to in your life, whether it's where you live or how you live or not having the support of a chef or a housekeeper come in. You know, there was a time then that was only for the very rich and the very elite. And for modern day women, it doesn't need to be that way. We are a very blessed generation on, on this planet. And again, not all of our sisters globally have the same opportunities we do. So for us to just really challenge what have people said wasn't okay for us. I mean, that's the only reason I've created the career that I have in the way that I have. You know, I I, I grew up, my parents were school teachers. I grew up in the Midwest in uh, the United States, in Michigan. And I was taught if you wanted to live in a mansion or travel and, you know, have a wardrobe and that holding that that was for celebrities that that was for professional athletes that that was for movie stars and rock stars it wasn't for someone in the helping and healing professions and though i always wanted to be like a star of my own life as i grew up like what was really important to me was transformation and transforming people's lives so at first i went to washington and i was involved with making the world a better place through politics Then I went and got a master's degree in clinical psychology, and I was excited to be a psychotherapist to help people better their lives. And then I moved into life coaching. So my mentality was, well, I just need to have an average income because that's what people in the helping healing professions have. And I feel very, very blessed that coaching came along because it was basically sort of like, in my opinion, depending on how you use it, it can be very much the spiritual version of psychology where literally sky is the limit and you tap into your human potential and you can charge whatever you want. And it's like, you, it's, there's no longer the limits that um, society would put on it. Now, when I was a beginning coach and people would say to me, you can't charge that much. And how can you charge that much? But when I looked into myself and and I started valuing the quality of my work, then what I said became the reality. And I declared my price points and I declared the boundaries of my programs and I declared how my business would run. And then in fact, that's exactly what happened. 
Now, before we move further into this episode, I wanted to share with you that the doors for my brand new program, the Trophy Life Academy, are now open. I know, exciting times. This is a six months coaching and mentoring program for women with successful partners who are ready to prioritize themselves and their own entrepreneurial goals. The Trophy Life Academy is going to support you in successfully stepping into your power, scaling your business to 10K months, and taking your relationships to new heights. I mean, who doesn't want that? You're going to be receiving high-level coaching and mentoring from me, myself, and I, lifetime access to a membership suite, which is full of all things that you're going to need to get yourself to where you want to be. It is split up into three departments, reality, riches, and relationships. As well as all of this good stuff, you're going to have access to a private community where you'll be able to ask your further questions and gain feedback from myself and the team in between your coaching calls. Now, inside of this community, you're also going to be able to connect with other incredible trophy lifers from around the world. So we got to make sure that inside this program, there are only women that are fully going for it. In order to learn more about the Trophy Life Academy and to see if it is for you, I invite you to book in a call with me at www.isabellalevy.com forward slash talk. From there, we're going to be able to get you booked in with a call and see if the program is a perfect fit for you. Tell them the story of when you made your first seven figures, when that jump that you did and then how you did it, just so they can really see how having a desire and making a decision and putting it in place and claiming it works. The first seven figures or my first financial miracle? The first seven, the first seven figures where you did the, I think it was the diamond program, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's easy. Okay, cool. Um, so I was, you know, I started out uh, as a psychotherapist. I was making $24,000 a year, living off of $24,000 a year. And then I went into life coaching and I heard that you could make your yearly income, your monthly income. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know it. Like that would mean I was making a quarter of a million dollars a year. I didn't even know anyone who made a quarter of a million dollars a year back then. But I was like, I was a believer. And I really got that it takes a lot of love, a lot of love and a lot of money to live your life on purpose. So I started um, building my business and I had a, uh, you know, and I was charging whatever I was charging at the beginning, at the beginning, I was charging $25 a session. Um, and then I would charge a thousand dollars for a one day intensive and I would raise my rates periodically. And then I saw people in the industry charging hundred thousand dollars for year long packages. And I was like, what? I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, if I had a hundred thousand dollars, why would I even need a coach? Like, I mean, this is ridiculous. Like that was my mentality back at the time. I was like, who has $100,000 to invest in coaching? So anyways, of course, I kept reading the books and I kept working my business and I kept getting coaching myself. And then I started to see these people who were charging $100,000 for their packages and getting it. And I was like, they're not that much different than me. And so I was like, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. <laughs> and so, of course, I was making it a way bigger deal than I needed to, as one does typically when they're up for an up level. And so I was like, I got to create this sales page and this branding and a banner and get a photo shoot. And I had all this like swirl going on. And I really wanted to sell it. So I thought, well, I've been working with some clients and I thought, while I'm like working with my team to get the branding and everything in place, why don't I just send like a text email? And I was like, I like, you know, sent it to me and BCC'd like 
28 people, I think, was like all I had to do. And I wrote a text email and I was like, hi, you're receiving this because we've worked together. And I just want to let you know I'm coming out with my diamond program. Here's what it consists of. And I was like, there's only room for, and I was like hoping to get one. Like this was, <laughs> I was like, there's only room for up to three people. And, um, you know, so if this is for you, please reply back quickly. And I put in what, what the features were that were included, how many calls and how much time they got with me, et cetera. And then the price point, a hundred thousand dollars. And I hit send. And that immediately I got three back. So I made $300,000 with that initial email. And within the year, I got 12 people. And that, and I only had a 5,000 person list at the time. And so within, uh, with 12 people, I made 1.2 million that year. I just love that story so much every time you tell it i'm like at the edge of my seat even though i know what's gonna happen and it's not the the reason why i wanted you to to share it is more that when you feel ready for the up level like the up level is always there but you have to also be ready to step into it and what i heard from the way you answered the question i was going to actually ask you to say what steps and then i realized we'd be here forever with a 30 step process <laughs> but um the way that i heard you the way that i the, what I heard you say was you really got clear on a desire. You then make a decision not to settle and then you really challenge your own beliefs. Yeah. And then you said about transforming them as well. Um, and it's like the steps that I see throughout the stories where you do have uh, financial miracles and you do bring that in. Like you always go back to the desire, the decision and the beliefs. And I yeah. think sometimes we can forget and you're right. Like I definitely make it way more complicated than than it needs to be. So I'm glad that hopefully God my up levels on my way says Miss Gina to be. Um, mm -hmm. But I really feel like women can take that those four steps like straight away. Like if you're listening to this, go and get clear on your desire. Go and make a decision not to settle. But you really have to mean it, and you'll be able to feel the difference from when you've made a decision and you mean it from when you make the decision in inverted uh, commas because it's how you it's how you follow through so thank you for thank you for sharing that by the way Gina so something else that you have shown me um and what I want my audience to know is when you continue to up level and when you continue to step into that new version of yourself there's things that you really need to put in place in order to support you and you always said to me that if you're if you desire to live the way you desire to live, then you're going to need to be open to receiving the support of someone that is a millionaire, that someone is earning a certain amount of money. Yes. So women, of course, can, can still bring in a lot of money, but there is this resistance with support there. They feel that they have to do absolutely everything on their own at times. And we see that women are more maybe the supporters rather than um, on the receiving end of that support. Yes. And this is something that, you know, I'm so passionate about standing up for and making a change to. What do we as women really need to start doing today? to pull forward the future so women do not feel this way and we can really make a difference to the next generation coming in? It is taking a note from the guy's playbook, 
to be honest. You know, mm. it's the way men give themselves permission, like that there's no way they would do something. And I watch my husband in, in, in our business and, you know, he's he's not lazy by any stretch. He's the CEO of the, the company. And there's just ways in which like he's completely unavailable to do certain tasks where I used to, before I trained myself on this, used to get into, well, someone's got to do it. I'm the owner of the company, like where he was completely unavailable. And even though I didn't want to, I was available for it. Mm -hmm. And it's really getting clear, just like you did about your, your personal chef there, Isabella, you know, it's about like the, the, like what's the highest and best use of your time and what is your soul's destiny and how is that aligned? Um, you know, and so, and really challenging, you know, one of the ways I grew my business is that I put a sticky note on my computer and it said, who else can do this? And what mm -hmm. I learned was the longer that I was in certain functions and certain like, oh, I have to be the one to reconcile the the banking and I have to be the one to do the sales calls or I have to be the one to do customer service or calendar things or you know, just whatever it was along the journey. Mm -hmm. It held me, it held me back. And so, but I had certain, and, and there were like, I did need to do certain things at least for a season until I could pass it off. So it's all not for not, but to not stay there any longer than you need to. Um, and I'm still like, even like, especially here in 2020, I am doing so much up leveling. There's so many things that I quote unquote was available for in 2019 that I'm just not now. Like I've hired new team members. I've delegated, I've passed that baton. And, um, I think the quicker that women do that, the better this world will be. And certainly the more lucrative your own companies will be. Yeah, because you can slip back into it so easily, even if you go to check something for a team member and then all, all of a sudden I'm thinking, hey, what if I my fingers start to type away and I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Like, this is so disempowering for my team as well. Um, and you always you always say that you either get to decide to empower someone or disempower someone. Can you share with us what you mean by that? When you come from a place of feminine leadership, whoever you're leading, your children, your animals, your lover, your clients, your team, you always want to set everyone up for success and you want to speak the truth in love. Now, setting everyone up for success and speaking the truth in love does not mean that you are going to win a popularity contest and it does not mean 100% of the people are going to love what you have to say. Um, however, if it's true for you, usually, actually, I should say it this way. Always there is a double blessing involved. And what I mean by that is if there's a genuine truth, like a divine assignment that you've been given to set some boundary or say no to something or no longer be available to do something in your business, let's say, then there's no way the universe would set it up that is this is good for you and bad for the other person. It's just not how the universe works. Now, how our brains and conditioning and programming work would be like, I don't like change. I don't like the new rules. I don't like what I think this means. I'm, I'm having an experience of fear or lack or perception of lack, but it doesn't mean it's true. So when you've really gotten a divine assignment to set a boundary, 
then you trust that this is what is going to be how how you can be a greater blessing in someone else's life. Maybe they need to hear no. Maybe you need to be living by example. Maybe what you're modeling then is what your clients are going to then take on. Um, you know, maybe someone needed that boundary set for their own good. And women get so squeamish about confrontation or wanting people to like us um, or, you know, wanting our decisions to be accepted. And, you know, there, I even this last week, I had in particular two extremely unreasonable requests come in from people, from two different people that I happen to have a very high respect for, that I like very much. And both of them are getting in a, um, you know, much more fleshed out way, a very loving and clear, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) And, And because I'm so unavailable for this level of natter anymore, because it is not that these people are natter. I care about these people. But if someone's going to come in with such a low vibrational, ridiculous request that is nothing but a waste of time to me, then I have paid plenty of other people on my team to facilitate those conversations, which I, in the past, was like, oh, well, you know, I have a certain relationship with this person. I know who that person is, or it's this client, or it's that team member. Like, I put this responsibility that I needed to be the unconditionally loving mother to, like, go and handle the situation. Well, if you wanted that from Gina to be, you needed to show up before 2020 because mama no longer handling that. I am I'm so clear about what I'm focused on. And if you need some handholding and if you need some conversations about your own fear that has turned into ridiculous requests, <laughs> then you can um, process that with someone other than moi. So this is feminine leadership for you people. Um, and just going into this feminine leadership slightly more of course your new book's coming out the audacity to be queen and we're gonna get a lot more about queenhood in there but i think when you say feminine leadership you know your archetype of queen really does just click into my head straight away and when you said people come with ridiculous requests and it's it has come from fear yes i know that you would say how would a queen handle this or you know what would queen this person um, Mm -hmm. request be instead? Can you share with me a little bit more about the queen archetype so people can really recognize what this is and giving them a little sneak peek into the book? Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, if you want to get the book and pre-order the book, you can go to divineliving.com forward slash book and there's a bunch of bonuses. So I highly recommend that you do that so that you can get in on that. The archetype of queen explained thoroughly in the book it what i love about the queen archetype is that it's she's not all feminine the queen is actually the masterful blend of the feminine and the masculine because to get things done in the world we need our masculinity we need to be able to take action and initiate and 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 lead um from a very direct place at times however in modern day world the Western world has so idolized the masculine and made the feminine wrong and weak that in women reclaiming their own femininity and femininity, by the way, it does exist in both male and female humans. Um, But for us as women, 
it is our primal nature to reclaim the feminine and like use femininity more than we use masculinity, have femininity be our default mode rather than masculinity. So femininity is all about receiving. It's about receiving intuitive hits. It's about receiving divine guidance. It's about receiving wealth. It's about receiving a compliment. It's about receiving support. You know, it's like basically what I've summed up and what I've studied is that anything that is not working in your life is due to what I call your injured feminine instinct. And there's been an injury in your femininity that has inhibited you from being able to receive whatever it is that you are working on or desire. So in a nutshell, femininity is about receiving, empowered femininity is about receiving, and empowered masculinity is about giving. So femininity is like... uh, it's intuitive, it's the creative, it's the spiritual, it's the non-linear, it's the circular, it's the feeling, beingness. On the other side, masculinity is about the concrete, the tangible, the seeing, the doing, the taking action, the initiating. So ultimately, it's about giving. So for example, people think that mothers of small children are feminine. They're not. They're 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 in their masculine all the time. They're constantly providing, protecting, and giving to their children. It's a very masculine way of being. Now, when they're nurturing, you know, their their children, that that's the feminine. For those of us who are coaches or in any kind of service-based business, or like this is a very masculine place to be in because you're giving, you're giving advice, you're giving attention, you're giving direction. So when I'm coaching, I'm very much in my masculine until I flip over to my feminine side to, you know, sometimes I'll say, stop, let me just like check in. And if I'm checking in with my intuition, um, if I'm speaking the truth in love, I'm integrating, this is where the queenly communication comes from. So I'm saying something like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, thank you for writing in this email. I want you to know that I've heard your request. I'm going to turn this over to my team member, so-and-so who's going to be able to take really good care of you and handle the situation with you. You know, Mm -hmm. so you can get the compassion and the care, but yet the firmness and the directness and the boundary setting. So the compassion and care is the feminine and the boundary setting is the masculine. Yeah, I'm really bringing them both together. And of course, I'm definitely still developing in in this, but really bringing them together has shown me how much like drama or struggle I could have used to put myself through mm-hmm. rather than coming from like a queen place and an empowered place um, and being able to solve. And every time like I hear you speak, it's always like solving it in the most beautiful Waste. Guys, if you're watching this podcast, please do leave a review, take a screenshot of the podcast and tag me and Gina in it on Instagram. And on the 31st of March, I am going to gift you one of Gina's book, The Audacity to Be Queen. So you can then go ahead, read it, absorb it and share it with your, your friends, your family, your clients. This book seriously does need to get into the hands of women. I do share that from my heart. So Gina, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to put all of your links and the directions to find you um, below this podcast into the description. Is there one place 
in particular you want my women to come and connect with you? Yes, I would definitely say go to divineliving.com and there, there's so many free resources. First of all, you can get on my list so you'll get all my updates, but I've got a free talk show, I've got free podcasts, free videos, um, free magazine. So there's a lot of great resources. So I go to divineliving.com. Perfect, thank you so much. My pleasure, thanks for having me.